Greetings and welcome to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship and the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. The topic for today's edition of Converging Streams is the Baha'i Tradition Part 1. Please welcome Reverend George Wolfe. Hello, and welcome back to Converging Streams. Many of you may be aware that there is a very active interfaith movement in the world today, especially in the United States. There is, for example, a very prominent interfaith institute in Michigan, in Ganges, Michigan, called the Lakeshore Interfaith Institute. And there's also a major interfaith seminary in New York City, All Faith Seminary International which was uh, founded by Rabbi Joseph Gelberman. I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to attend All Faith Seminary International in New York City, and it was there that I was ordained an interfaith minister. Today we're going to speak with a representative from the Baha'i faith tradition. The Baha'i faith tradition emerged in the mid-1800s. Prior to that, there was uh, another teacher in India who also began an interfaith movement that uh, has in turn inspired members of the Lakeshore Interfaith Institute in Michigan. This particular individual was Ramakrishna. Ramakrishna taught the unity of all religions, and he used a beautiful analogy to explain his concept. This was the analogy that we are all climbing the same mountain, but you may be on one side of the mountain, I may be on the other side. And the terrain is probably very different on each side of the mountain. So when you describe the terrain on your side of the mountain, and I describe the terrain on my side of the mountain, it seems like we're climbing different mountains. However, as we reach the top of the mountain, we see that we've both been climbing the same spiritual mountain. And thus, it is that all religions are ascending to the same spiritual goal, to the same spiritual realization. Ramakrishna also used another very beautiful uh, analogy when he said, although the lamps are many, the light is one. I'm pleased to have in our studio today uh, Sarah McRuby, who is from Muncie, Indiana, and a member of the Baha'i faith. The Baha'i community has been in Muncie for how many years, Sarah? Uh, About 30 years. And uh, I'd like to perhaps start by reading a, a short excerpt from... Uh, the Baha'i Writings, if you don't mind. That's fine, yeah. O people of the world, the religion of God is to create love and unity. Do not make it the cause of enmity and discord. All that is regarded by men of insight and the people of the most lofty outlook as the means for safeguarding and effecting the peace and tranquility of man has flowed from the same supreme pen. Those are beautiful words. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Glad Thank you, could be you with us. for inviting me. I appreciate it. I imagine you're familiar with those words to some extent. Yes. And by flowing from the same pen, it means that God speaks through many manifestations or prophets of God. And uh, over the ages, we need a renewal of religion that comes at the most desperate time in humanity. And each age has a different manifestation of God that comes to to bring new social teachings and reiterate the same spiritual teachings that come from age to age. 
And this particular quote that I read is from the prophet who inspired the Baha'i uh, faith. Am, am, am I correct? Yes, that's right. And uh, his title was Baha'u'llah, and that is Arabic, and it means the glory of God. And he was he was born uh, in the early 1800s at a time in Persia, actually, when it was before Iran. It was the old Persian Empire, and it was at a time that was a very decadent time in history and a very uh, corrupt place in the world. And, uh, and that seems to always be the case when a new prophet comes or a new manifestation comes to earth. It's always in the most desperate time when we def definitely need renewal of faith. Now, about what uh, time and what period uh, of history was that? What year uh, around? What? Well, um, the 18, 1844 was the beginning of what the Baha'is consider the Baha'i faith. And that is when the Bab, who, which is an Arabic word that means the gate, who was the predecessor of Baha'u'llah, announced that he was the one who would come foretelling the the primary prophet or the main prophet of the Baha'i faith, who would be Baha'u'llah. And Baha'u'llah himself declared his mission as a manifestation or as a speaker for God to humanity in 1863. And that was in a place called the Garden of Rezvan, which is in on an island where he was being exiled from the Persian government. Was there a great deal of um, difficulty or, or persecution in, involved in establishing the, the teachings? Of there the was, faith? actually. There, uh, it was at a time when there were a lot of people that were searching. They were uh, Sheikh Ahmad and Sayyid Kazim were two particular uh, figures who were searching for the promised one, the the Qa'im of Islam, actually, or the the return of Christ, the one who was to come and fulfill the promises of previous faiths. So you have uh, you have this idea, I guess, in, in other religious traditions. For example, in the Hindu religious tradition, there is also the belief that there are uh, more than one manifestation mm -hmm. of the divine. There can be several manifestations or incarnations of the divine. Yeah, Baha'is call that progressive revelation. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Progressive just revelation. that each, each faith is born to, to bring us a springtime and renewed teachings as we grow spiritually through civilization. We, we need additional teachings to help us go to the next level. Just as a child goes from kindergarten to through college and a PhD and onward, mm -hmm. we need to make stepping stones in our spiritual growth. And the teacher of that faith is the one who is all knowledgeable, like Christ or Muhammad or Baha'u'llah or the Buddha or Moses or Abraham or Krishna. Mm -hmm. These are special personages who are given this message from God to give to the people in the way that they can understand it. Because if God is the all-knowing essence or the infinite being that many, uh, many of us believe God is, by whatever name you may call God, um, then how are we as finite beings able to understand unless we are given a go-between, a liaison, someone who is with us in flesh but with the, the infinite wisdom 
and teachings that we can understand to help us to know what to do, what our next step is to be. Yes, the um, uh, the interfaith movement and the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship, and so which we have in Muncie, has this idea, the same idea that, uh, in a sense, all religions come from the same spiritual experience, a very deep revelatory experience that's had by certain individuals throughout history. And each time they explain or they speak about the divine reality, they do so in ways that are un- are unique to the culture they're speaking to. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, there is these common symbols and parables and teachings and principles that uh, emanate through that, all because it's the belief that they have been awakened to that underlying reality that has been common to all the great sages and masters throughout time. And there are there are social teachings that are so different from the old old teachings. For example, one of the one of Baha'u'llah's teachings for this time, Baha'is believe, is that men and women are equal. We need to understand that, and we need to move forward with that effort that women and men both have equal place in this society and that they can be compared to two wings of a bird that with a broken wing the bird couldn't fly but with the strength of both men and women as equal equal in strength the wings of the bird Mm -hmm. then we can spiritually soar and uh, the idea that science and religion are in agreement that's something i know is is always on the lips of controversy it's it's something that people are always arguing about and and yes this is spiritual no if it if it's all spiritual how can it be scientifically based and uh that's that's not necessarily the way it is why couldn't god have created this magnificent principle these these magnificent scientific principles that go uh govern our universe so is one you're saying that one of the uh principles in the bahai uh, faith is that there is a unity between science and religion? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's two ways of looking at the same thing, the same reality. Same thing, right? And all of us, ha- for every mm-hmm. person on this earth, there's a different way of looking at right. anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, the scientific approach and the spiritual approach are in agreement. Two ways of looking at the same thing. I see. Good. Can you tell us a little bit more about how the Baha'i faith developed? Uh, how did it get to the United States and so forth? And and to what extent has it been established throughout the world? Well, Baha'u'llah's son, his name was Abdul Baha, came to the United States in 1912. Actually, he was he was supposed to have come on the Titanic, actually, but he he changed his mind and decided to go on a different boat. But anyway, he came to the United States. Well, that's and, fortuitous. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> he he went to uh, New York and California. He came to Chicago, where he laid the cornerstone for the Baha'i House of Worship, which is in Wilmette, in north of Chicago, and that many people in the audience may have heard of that place or have been there. Um, yeah, that's a beautiful piece of architecture. I had the privilege of being able to perform there. That's right. And, yes, uh, you did. That's a magnificent place to visit. It was mm-hmm. designed by a, a Frenchman named Louis Bourgeois. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, when Abdu'l-Bahá was here, he laid the cornerstone for that, and it came, the building of that, as the building of any of the Baha'i houses of worship, um, come from money that is only given by Baha'is. That's that's one thing that first attracted me to the Baha'i faith, that we don't take donations from people who are not Baha'i for things like that. It's it's 
it makes it all the more precious, and uh, it certainly helps to validate the 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 point of our right. mm-hmm. of our faith. You know. Now, how many of those? Uh, structures are there around the world? There there's are. one on each continent. So there's, there's one seven? in Panama. There's one in Germany. Um, there's one. Um, I know there's one in India. Right. In New there's Delhi, the Lotus Temple right. just mm-hmm. outside New Delhi in a mm-hmm. in a neighborhood that used to be called Bahapur. And the Baha'is think that's interesting, of course, because it's called Bahapur, yeah, you yeah. know. But um, let's see, there's one near Sydney, Australia. There's one in Africa, and that's uh, right. Yeah, there's one in Africa. There's one in Samoa because mm-hmm. the king of Samoa is Baha'i. I see. It's rather amazing how the Baha'i faith tradition established itself around the world, and uh, we were going to be hearing a lot more about this next week when we continue this interview with Sarah McBooby. Sarah, I want to thank you again for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We hope our listeners will join us next week when we will hear more about the Baha'i community and the Baha'i tradition, and the congregation that we have right here in Muncie, Indiana. for listening to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship with content and financial support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie and technical support from radio stations WCRD and Work FM. Most importantly, we thank you, our listeners and followers, for your support. To connect with Converging Streams, including listening to our entire catalog of past programs, getting our latest new content, and making your own contribution to this program, visit our website, convergingstreams.org. Converging Streams is produced by Tony Piazza, George Wolf, and Thomas Perchlick. Thank you for listening, and have a pleasant week. <laughs>